There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Trying to get by Benning. Darnell Nurse left it in the corner. Gets up center. Perry scoops. Corey Perry. Well, able to shake away from Solani. It's given away to Solani. Around in front. Hey everybody, we're back. It's another Forever Mighty post-game show. Ew. Pat and Jason taking over the pod again as our uh, good old Canadian friend uh, still can't <laughs> find internet in America. So we just got to run the show here, man. We got to do what we got to do tonight. Yeah, I think he's like a human Wi-Fi blocker. It's just wherever he goes, there is no Wi-Fi. It just, it just uh, doesn't exist. Allow. <laughs> it doesn't. Not in his little Canadian world. He's bringing that to America. <laughs> Greatest thing ever. See Ken Harris right now because he doesn't have internet. So yeah, <laughs> the Ducks come back with a win tonight yeah. after a rather lackluster game yesterday. I mean, really lackluster game yesterday that we talked about to tonight hitting a first period where I'm like, oh, here we go again. This is going to be a goodie. Yeah. <laughs> They're already down to nothing here. But the boys come yeah. back, man. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, uh, different night, different result. Uh, so it's, uh, I wouldn't say the play was all that dissimilar from um, the Coyotes game uh, last night, but uh, we got a little bit more lucky with some of those bounces. And uh, Gibby was uh, on his game. And uh, I think if you saw Miller on his game, we might have seen a very similar situation play out in Arizona. So. Yeah, the boys stuck with it, and it worked out great. And we're getting the goals at the end of the the last minute of the game. Which is strange. It's a strange yeah. feeling. It was almost like I jumped back into a time machine tonight with Corey Perry and Ryan Getzloff. <laughs> yeah, once you read that as the score sheet, the first two goals, like <laughs> I was just waiting for Kessler's name to pop in somewhere. And I was like, oh, this really is from a while ago. I mean, Kessler, I, I mean, I, I was sitting there, you know, checking out for Stanislav Chistov. Like, I'm, I'm looking yeah. way back. Like, who else are we bringing back from the past here? It's been a minute since the boys have been good. Yeah. So, Tankathon is on a halt. Uh, it mm. seems like we have a good game, bad game, good game, bad game. Um, that's kind of how the how the guys are playing lately. But, uh, hey, man, it was fun hockey. It was a fun second period, which we're usually really not ready for. Yeah. Yeah, it, you know, not not following our normal script uh, at all. That was that was almost more unusual in seeing uh, Perry and Getzloff scores. Uh, the second period turned out to be our best period, <laughs> which is strange. Like that's yeah. really odd. Usually it's it's the opposite completely. And then the third period, you kind of get to the point where like, oh yeah, this is a back to back. So yeah, it's not going to be yeah. great. But they ended up finishing on a strong note there, which is very strange too. We haven't seen this sort of team that's able to stay competitive when they get in the later stages 
of a game and then it gets tied or they get down by one a feisty team man they came back and took care of business tonight yeah stuck with it um and uh yeah like i said i mean perry's even got two two goals in there so uh that's it's just a more unusual night uh overall but uh you know didn't quite follow it we didn't have the the hot start which is uh, usually what we do or we have been doing when we've had good games since the coaching change uh but we didn't have that we're usually bad in the second still or good there and we usually lose it in the third we tried to do that early on but then stuck with it and were able to to pull out that victory yeah it was something that was very uncharacteristic for this team something we haven't seen in a while i mean when gibby gives up three goals usually that's a really bad omen for the ducks they're not able to climb their way to a win it's unfortunate that it's you know way too little way too late in the season to kind of be like oh cool now we're gonna get all happy then we look at the you look at the schedule, it's like, oh, well, I think there's five home games left, and I think there's nine games Four. left overall. So. Yeah. So, nice that they're putting in the work to try and see. I mean, at this point, they obviously are trying to see what chemistry is out there because uh, seeing what chemistry they might have helps them develop a game plan. So, everyone who wants to stick around and be on the team or not be kind of pushed out come uh, the offseason if there are any free agent acquisitions – um, then uh, they're, they're playing right now and trying to show what they can provide the team. So you'll, you'll still kind of get the effort in there, and they're, they're not looking, the players at least, are not looking to take. So let's get to the game. You got Gibby and Nett. The forwards pretty much stay the same tonight, so does the defense. It, it, it's pretty much the, the duplicate of last night. The same two players scratched, Gooley and Ryan Kessler, of course. Um, and we got a little bit more insight as to what's going on with Ryan Kessler as per Elliot Tiford's article today, or it hit the news came out about Kessler. We all kind of suspected it. We'll talk more about him later. But so the lineup's the same, except Gibby's in, uh, Gibby's in net tonight. And honestly, man, um, the game kind of started off a little bad for the Ducks, as we said. A lot of uh, avalanche chances going the other way, but nothing of like the high danger variety. So... It wasn't all too concerning, but when you don't have puck possession, it kind of makes it tough to get into a game, right? Yeah, and especially if you're doing back-to-backs, you want to make sure you kind of have your your legs under you, you're ready to go. Um, If you're not really getting your chances or you're starting to give up too many chances, then you're kind of chasing the game, uh, and that can be a little bit difficult, not only in back-to-backs where you're traveling, but you're also traveling up to Colorado. And air is just a little bit thinner. Oh, it's the mile high, the mile high city, baby. <laughs> Everyone's yeah, right? like, you ought to train in the mountains. You got to go to get those lungs going. It's like, oh, come yes. on, shut up. <laughs> yeah, just like in beer fest, yeah, they train high up in the Alps. Oh, you have to to drink beer. You got you got to you got to be at the highest elevation possible. You just for have sure. to do it for beer drinking. <laughs> so let's get right to it, man. We got to talk about this avalanche goal, and it's Nathan McKinnon, of course. The, the dude's just been a beast the past two seasons. Just been a wrecking ball since they traded Matthew Shane off that team. That guy's really yeah. stepped up and just been the A1 guy. And yeah. somebody that we've all kind of looked to like, hey, man, when are you going to play the way you're supposed to? Because, I mean, you were pegged to be a star in this league. And I think he's really shown it, man. And then he was able to get a pass, the sauce pass from JT, from who? <laughs> That's what I said. <laughs> who who made this pass to McKinnon? It wasn't yeah. Ranton. But our boy, Lindy. Yeah. Gets lost and uh, creates a two-on-one. Manson's kind of doing all he can, but he, that pass gets through over to McKinnon. And my God, Gibby, he almost he almost superhuman oh, that and got a piece. <laughs> but now it's one nothing uh, Avalanche on that play. Yeah, that's tough for Gibby. It's tough for Manson. Usually, I want to kind of get on the Ducks' uh, defense on two-on-ones that when they let passes through. But if you look at it, that was a, a saucer pass, an aerial pass, and it was a goodie, and there was uh, very little time. Uh, by the time McKinnon got possession of it and it was off his stick and, you know, just a quick play, a great execution of a two-on-one. Lindholm was a little lost, and uh, you kind of hope that he had been in there. That's kind of what created a little bit of that whole issue to begin with. But, uh, you know, it's uh, like like the Arizona game. They were just – things weren't quite clicking. They were giving up chances towards the last half of it and it just kind of finally caught up to them, and uh, not much uh, the last two guys could have done on it. Now, we got to talk here. We'll go straight to the next one, the next interesting point. It was almost a Ryan Miller moment, and I'm not bagging on Ryan Miller. It just is so strange <laughs> that it happened on back-to-back games to both Ducks yeah. goalies. Oh, uh, yeah. Gibby reaches up for, like, what should be a routine snap with the glove, uh-huh. and he's like, he snaps it, catches a piece, drops it in the crease, and holy hell, I didn't even see who it was that was crashing the side of the net, but fortunately for the Ducks, it goes, hits off the side, just outside the post, but... Ah, uh, close one there for Gibby. 
Yeah, for sure. You know, that, that'll happen sometimes. Usually so we're so used to him just snagging it and nonchalantly, even on the tough ones, that it's sometimes surprising when it just kind of hits the, the glove and he doesn't quite close it quick enough. So fortunately, it doesn't come back to, to bite him in the ass. Um. No, but not too much longer later, it would be Miko Ranton and the dude, I mean, you're talking about McKinnon putting up numbers, Ranton in back-to-back seasons doing the same thing. I didn't realize, and I've said this before, but I always, I guess I just forget because I'm old and dumb, but like, Ranton's mm-hmm. a big dude. Like, yeah. he's got to be well over 6'2", 6'3". He's a big kid. I always thought he was like this speedy winger, and then every time I watch him, I'm like, oh, oh wow, no, yeah. he's like a power forward. <laughs> that guy's a big dude. Um, yeah. You want to talk about my boy getting caught, Lindy getting caught in the neutral zone. Uh, Manson was the problem here. He gets caught flat-footed off the blue line. And, I mean, honestly, what are you going to do? Ranton sneaks in, gets that really, really wide stance mm. down low, gets a clear path to the net, and does that little backhand roof far sight on Gibby. Mm. I, I don't know, man. That's that's just pure skill. I can't fault John Gibson on that. I'm sure he's probably going to be like, I wish I would have had that because I probably had a glove there. But what are you going to do on that one, man? That's a tough one. Yeah, once once uh, he turned the corner on Manson, uh, there wasn't much help in that uh, quadrant. Remember, this is on the penalty kill as well. Um, so there are extra uh, outlet options, too. And uh, I, I would have liked to see Lindholm maybe cut down in the slot a little bit. It's like he oh, kind of okay, got there, okay. but, but kind of backed away a little bit. But even then, he didn't give him, a, you know, just a ton of room to do whatever he wanted. And it was a quick move to his backhand, and he roofed it. I mean, that's just... Like you said, that's skill. Uh, so it's it's hard to kind of fault, you know, what more he could have done. The only thing is I just wish, A, Manson didn't get walked, and B, maybe Lindholm didn't quite give up the, the slot as much as he did. He he tried to kind of do a little, uh, I might go after you, I might not, but he really didn't do anything. And uh, Rodney was just so focused on getting a shot in that uh, he would, would not be denied. Hey, guys, in the chat real quick, before we get to the next goal, if you guys want to leave questions in there, I'll scroll back up. So keep on with the questions I saw Enrique threw one in there. So if you guys want to ask questions in the chat, we'll definitely get to them once we get through the game recap. We just got a few more to go. So after that goal, it's 2-0. I'm kind of going, all right, where's my next beer? Because this is going to be one of those nights. <laughs> it, sure. it just didn't turn out to be that way. I was pleasantly surprised, yelling at my TV with passion and excitement. And, and I got hit up by people. I got DMs today for saying I was positive. On Twitter, like, oh, you were positive on the last show. I was like, uh, yeah, I don't know, I don't know what's going on here. Are you feeling well? Are you okay? Uh, do I have a fever? <laughs> do I need to see something going Blink on? Blink twice if you need me to send help. <laughs> so let's get to the first Ducks goal. It goes to Scory Perry. I mean, how can you not be happy for this guy? He's he's wanted it so bad. He's had so many chances, great A opportunities. He kind of fell off a little bit the past few games. It was you know maybe just not getting the same amount of quality chances here, but a point shot, it literally was bouncing uh, yeah. through through the through the zone. He stops it with his skate, and I've seen the, we've all seen this Corey Perry move a hundred times where he stops at the mm-hmm. skate, gets that wide angle on Varlamov. Varlamov does the whole sprawl, tries to grab it, but nah, that's none of his business because Corey <laughs> Perry knows how to roof it in tight, and he yeah. scores a pretty one there, man. Makes it 2-1. Yeah, no, that was good. Uh, you know, it's where you want to see Corey Perry kind of in the front of that net and kind of digging around for pucks. And uh, he got it. He was really, really patient when he could have panicked, you know. And uh, a lot of times you might see a real panic move from other players. But he seemed comfortable in, in doing what he used to do a whole lot of. Uh, just outweighs Varlamov. Varlamov looks like me on every shot in Beer League. Uh, just on my stomach, hoping and praying. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, you know, he, he got a little bit more room just on a broken play. We'll take it. Uh, that's that's one that we wouldn't get yesterday and one we're getting today. So How dare you, uh, you know, be self-deprecating there? You had so much love in the chat. <laughs> Gordon Bombay put a picture of you up getting ready to go fight Thanos last night on Twitter. I mean, I don't know yeah, if you should downgrade Thanos. yourself that much, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, uh, sorry. I, I have uh, reality checks every now and again on myself. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yeah, I tried to use that cool glove with the rocks in it earlier. Yeah, it didn't yeah, work. Yeah, it didn't <laughs> Let's get to the next goal. It's Ryan Getzloff. Um, another surprising one here, right? I mean, that's that's something to me. I was like, I didn't really think that uh, he was going to be able to put that one in. Sprong yeah, is creating I mean, all after, kinds of chances on this play. 
Yeah, I mean, right after the the Ducks scored a pull it within one, uh, it was once again very similar to what we saw with Arizona. Uh, you know, Colorado getting a late goal, Arizona got a late goal. We come into the second, and a little bit into the second, we get a goal and cut the deficit. The only difference is we kept up the pressure, and it was a little crazy. It was back and forth. Uh, you know, everything kind of opened up a little bit, uh, and Sprong was kind of one of those guys in the middle of that. Twenty one year old gets a, a good chance. Uh, when he's coming in, I think it was a two-on-one, and uh, or it was just a break on his. For Sprong, own he got a step on the D and then ripped it off a yeah. of Barley stick. Like Barley had stick. no business. He kind of just like, please God, hit it, and it did. Yeah, <laughs> you, you love those ones as a goalie, but uh, you don't count on them. <laughs> no, because <laughs> you, you always go around saying, "Yeah, yeah, I, I know where he was going. I knew where he was going." Yeah, because he stick there. He rips it off the stick, <laughs> and then the Avs turn it around, rant it, and crashes the net, deflects it off the post. It gets picked up. Yeah. Sprong carries it up the ice. And he has the heads up and, and mindfulness to put the brakes on, find Getzloff trailing in. And, you know, I was just telling people the other day, like, the, someone at work was, like, talking about hockey, and they were like, oh, like, what's the perfect thing? Like, basketball's, I'm like, I don't watch basketball, dude, but, like, the perfect <laughs> shot nowadays in hockey, the new, like, bar down glove is, honestly, it's yeah. between the glove and the pad. Everyone shoots in that spot. They shoot just above, like, 18 inches above. The ice is where, like, the new spot is to score on goaltenders because they've just gotten so damn good on high shots. And that's where Getzloff has put it, not only tonight, but he also did that against the Predators and Pecorine. Yeah, uh, that's kind of what you have to do. Uh, it's uh, it's always a cat and mouse game between uh, the the shooters in the NHL and goalies. And what shooters do, goalies react. Their goalies start to do something different. And they take away the percentages. So they've all started to get amazingly good down low. Their butterflies are really good, and they're much bigger. So they have longer legs. So there's not much to shoot at down low anymore unless it's some sort of deflection or, uh, you know, it's a scramble or something. Direct shots generally don't go in five, or, uh, along the ice. So, yeah, you get it up a little higher, uh, just over the pad, and you get the goalie kind of guess. And that was a really, really good shot. And especially if you can shoot at blocker side, it's, that's, yeah, they're holding the stick. The blocker's kind of funky. Everyone can kind of use the catcher to catch a little bit and move a little bit. The blocker's a little bit trickier. So those ones are always probably the, the best chance for shooters to shoot if you can get it across the body and and actually shoot it on i mean it's a harder shot for getzloff because he had to he had to get it on his forehand and shoot it across his body and across varlamov's body to get to the far side yeah that was a tough play but you know it's been nice to see him step up after he's had a few down games right he he'd come back and not played so great and then he was able you know to to come back through and put up some points here in the last few games Let's get feisty to the too. He was feisty. Oh yeah, he he definitely wanted a fight tonight, <laughs> and then so did Nick Ritchie. That there was plenty of that going on in tonight's game, because Ian Cole was playing, and he was kind of that yeah. guy that almost destroyed Devin Shore's knee. So there was like a, yeah. a little bit of a thing going on there. So yeah, Ducks didn't get their uh, retribution in that game because Cole got uh, kicked out of that one. So this is that first game back. And maybe uh, don't don't care too much for him. Maybe send a little bit of a message. And he's wearing that full shield still, still because he's got some injury to his face. I don't know what's going I, on. Yeah, he got lit up in a fight, so his face is all messed up. So and he's been he's been wearing that for a while. And I, I hate I I don't like it when you're willing to be physical and do little cheap shots, and then you've got that on. It's kind of like. Take off the full thing if you're going to do that. If you have the whole thing, then maybe you just realize maybe you're a little bit injured. You shouldn't be taking runs at people. Like guys in beer league when we would play together, remember they would do that too. They would like chop you and slash you, and you're like, dude, I get I'm wearing a cage, man, but I'm not doing that to you. Like, what are you? What are you trying to be a tough guy? It <laughs> yeah. happens at every level, I guess. Ian Cole is no different than uh, the people in bronze that I played in beer league. So there's that. Uh, hey, by the way, Jay, just to uh, yeah. keep you in the loop with what's going on in chat. Uh-huh. Um, you are our elite goalie. Jason is an elite goalie. <laughs> Vesna, Vesna, Vesna. Um, so yeah, man, uh, you shouldn't you shouldn't uh, be self deprecative uh, here because uh, people love you. Yeah, well, I, I was going to legally change my middle name to Vesna, but I felt it was too on point. So. That'd be hilarious if you actually did that. <laughs> right. That would be absolutely hilarious. <laughs> Get a tattoo of it. <laughs> you just said Vesna on your back, <laughs> on your lower back. Oh, my God. All right, let's get to another goal here. Daniel Sprong, my God, this might have been his – I mean, I think it was his best game tonight. I felt like he played a game that uh, if he keeps doing this, he's definitely going to get benched because uh, it was all offense and was great, and they don't like that. Mm-hmm. Right? That's very, yeah. very, uh, very ducks to do this. 
Yeah, they were saying too <laughs> that uh, with uh, with Sprong, it's it's a little bit of a different situation. Um, he he would have to go through waivers, so they're not going to really set him down. But they do want him to maybe kind of see the game a little bit differently. Uh, you know, it's and I guess it's little nuances in the game that we don't really see. There was to the talk about you know him making a bad bad line change, that sort of deal. Just you know maybe stepping away from it, but not necessarily going down to the AHL because he'd have to pass through waivers. So he might be a healthy scratch here and there, but not if he keeps producing goals. Even those little nuances. Uh, that they maybe want to help develop a little bit. I think they're going to, you know, they're willing to let that take a, a backseat or, you know, learn on the fly if you're going to put up goals and uh, get assists the way he's doing things. Yeah, that's so nitpicky to say to a guy who's tied with your team captain and goals for the season with 13. <laughs> like, are you really yeah. going to be nitpicky his line change or mm. he was a little late getting back to the, like, what are you talking about here? When but you're you, talking you about heard that? it when we went to the breakfast and that was Bob Murray saying the younger players and it, you kind of forget that Sprong is only 21. He's never really had a good NHL go of things until this season so uh but Murray wants he says you, you don't do any um sort of good to the player if you rush them too much rush them along don't let them develop he felt he did that with Camp Fowler not that Camp Fowler wasn't good or isn't good but he could have been more and they feel like they rushed him and they don't want to make that mistake with other players so they're willing to be a little patient they just can't put him in the AHL at this point and honestly he's, he's making a case as to why he even put him there so there's a bit of, you know, I know we're trying to talk serious with this game and we've got literally three goals left to get to, but I got to talk about the chat because ever since yeah. you said you were going to get a lower back tattoo of Vesna, <laughs> okay. um, it's kind of come up in chat and they, uh, Daisy oh. says you're too classy for that and then people are laughing. <laughs> she doesn't know me. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then Brett says, whoa, use the Patreon money for that. Please, uh, Jason, yeah. please. And then Daisy no, chimes touch. back and says, uh, I'd up my level on Patreon for that to happen. So I think Jason needs to have this done. No, I have I mean, to. Gotta get it done. I don't want to use Patreon people's money. We'll just start a GoFundMe or something. <laughs> <laughs> you were not Who allowed knows? to get a dinosaur tattoo with a monocle and balloons. You really think your wife's going to let you get that tattoo on your own? Oh, no, back? absolutely not. I'd rather have that dinosaur <laughs> tattoo. My wife made me wait like. She, she wanted me to wait like five years and see if you still think it's a cool idea. And that was like 10 years ago. And yeah, I still like, want it to it's still day. hilarious, by the way. It's still great. <laughs> I still want it. Pat said you'd pay for it. Can we just do it, please? All right, let's get to the yeah, third period. Fret- <laughs> <laughs> Ducks are up 3-2 with the third period. We'll hustle through these goals because we know how the game ends. We're at the 20-minute mark. we got to get to some post-game stuff and questions. Yep. And unfortunately, it was Andrew Ghetto. The Ducks get uh, hemmed in their own zone in the third period. And honestly, man, it was Magna and Holzer, who did not look too good on this play. Mm -hmm. They haven't – God, I really wish they would look better because Mm -hmm. I want to like them. I want to like these guys. And they just haven't been great. Not that the whole play was their fault because the forwards have to come back and be able to help get the puck out. But they didn't look good this whole game. They get caught down low. And Ian Cole, of course, is able to make Mm -hmm. the feed over to Andrew Ghetto. And it was a tip-in feed. It was a beautiful play. And all of a sudden, it goes right by Gibby, and now we have a tight game in the beginning of the third period. Yeah, and then that was kind of one of those uh, great just uh, uh, the the games that's going to have a, a seesaw effect. And, uh, you know, it coming in the third period, it was about halfway through the period, uh, but it was the fourth line that hadn't really even played at, at that point in the third period. They hadn't uh, had a shift in the third period, and they get one holzer. Uh, he, he gets caught kind of chasing a guy out of where he's supposed to be in his zone the the play kind of goes up the boards kind of sticks with him just a little bit too long it doesn't get back to the center Uh, and you can see him he comes in kind of just behind the play late and uh, that tap is right in the slot right on top of the crease right where holes are should be and Gibby's got to kind of think because it went from left to right or I guess in Gibby's case it went from right to left and then uh, he's got to assume that the back door play is, is covered. Someone's going to be there. No one was, and it was kind of an easy tap in. Good looking play for Colorado, but uh, a lot of miscues and slowness to, to cover up in front. Yeah, that was a tough one for the team for sure. But then we get on over to what would be Corey Perry's second goal, his fifth of the season. And thank God we're in the middle of October because that's where that stat belongs. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but he, he's able to convert here on the power play. On, honestly, this was all because of Devin Shore. He doesn't get an assist on the score sheet. He yeah. fights at the top of the circle, keeps the puck in, feeds it to the point who gives it down low to Getzloff. Getzloff fires a pass over to Richie. 
My God, Richie should have scored there. That was a tough one for him. It goes off the pipe. And then in Corey Perry, the rat fashion, he's just snooping around that left post (laughs) and able to tap it in to make it. At that point, it's a uh, 5-3 game, not 5-3. Yeah, but late. And I'd also go out uh, and say, too, that Max Jones is also partly responsible for this just because it was his hustle that ended up leading to a high-sticking call where he could have just – not try to chase it in uh, to the zone and try and get around the, the defenseman, but ended up uh, doing that hustle play, ends up getting a high stick, and uh, that creates the power play and the chance on it too. So a lot of kind of small little individual plays that end up leading to this, and, and that's nice to see him kind of get rewarded for the extra effort. And, uh, you know, Perry going to the right spot. Once again, cleaning up stuff that's there. Varlamov, in my opinion, didn't have a real great game either. Uh, so this is kind of one of those uh, games where we were able to take advantage. Just like Miller didn't have a really great game the last game, uh, Varlamov's a little bit off, not quite there. And uh, yeah, I wish we, uh, you know Richie could have got one in too because uh, he's he's been playing all right. He stops taking penalties. Yeah, he's got to give it, and he's got to stop throwing the puck in the middle of the ice. That's also a big no-no, which yeah, yeah, he yeah. learned the hard way last night. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, but that's yeah. Vinny Henestrosa loved Nick Ritchie last night for that play to give him his hat trick. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let's get to the end of this because that's where my boy puts in the 170, 180 foot empty netter on purpose. Oh, yeah. Of course, he had that targeted, oh, yeah. targeted off mm-hmm. the wall on his backhand too. I think so. That was that was a very yeah. pretty play there by my boy Hampy. <laughs> yeah, they pulled the goalie almost immediately after the goal. Um, they, they get some chances. The Ducks did have a problem through most of the game on and off where they could not seem to get it past the um, the blue liners. Uh, they couldn't get it out of the zone. It was kind of one of those plays that started to happen again. And it looked like this was going to possibly be another thing where uh, they give up a late goal because of it. But uh, Manson does a good job sealing it off, and then Lindholm gets hit and basically pirouettes and slaps at it backhand, and it just has eyes. It goes all the way down there. Um, and that was just after the play before where he actually blocks a shot and saves a goal pretty much uh, earlier. So he kind of gets rewarded all the way around for that that play as well. I mean, having eyes is a really weird way to say, like, I don't know, targeted. But if you want to say that, I mean, that's, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. I didn't see him uh, measure it up. I saw him spin around, smack <laughs> at the puck. And uh, he just uh, happened to hit the net. So he'll take it. He, I think he had another one, too, where he just fired it from way in deep earlier in the season. I remember something where he did that. Yeah, I know. So maybe he, he maybe he's doing it on purpose. He knows how to shoot it from he, he's, he practices the pirouette and then he, and the spinorama slapper. He does that every day in practice from different points on the ice. So it's, it's He clearly... is European, and they, they tend to be a little flashier. Yeah, he's definitely fine. He's got he's got that nice, beautiful blonde hair too. So that, that yeah, nice right. Swedish hair. So that also helps with the puck going in the net, apparently. And that's your game, guys. The Ducks take the victory oh. five to three on a much happier game than last night. I mean, my God, that was a disaster. So it was fun to watch this one. In them winning, I gotta say, it's really maybe not care if they tank, which I don't know if was a good thing <laughs> because yeah. I'm enjoying hockey again. And then I'm like, but damn it, there's not enough games left of the season for me to be happy come April, so maybe they should just keep losing. But I also hate that too. Jay, I'm torn now. I'm more I'm more towards <laughs> your area of this than I was before. Yeah, like like I said, uh, it, it's going to be hard for them to even get the top two. And so like I said, if it's not top two that they're going to get, which more than likely it's not, there's always that chance. You go to that one cool website where you try it 80 billion times and you might get a first overall. Uh, but... I'm going to try but, it right so, now for everyone. Yeah, everyone see, listening. See, see if you can get first this time. But, uh, yeah, I mean, so, I mean, they're going to slot into wherever they slot in. The Ducks are good at drafting, and I, I don't worry kind of where they go. If they get the top two, great. But I'd rather see them build some confidence and find some chemistry, find something that works. And just like they had a little bit last season where they found something that worked, don't do what they did this season and then just kind of change everything up all over the place and try something new. I mean, I'd rather them see what works get a coach in here that's going to kind of keep that style going. Only yeah, took six tries for them to get the first overall pick. Uh, see, so they got a one now, I guess, by uh, my awesome math. Uh, that's <laughs> one, one-sixth of a chance, one in six to get a first-rounder. I mean, first against, against 15 teams that are, uh, you know, at different percentages. So, Detroit mm-hmm. right now is in second with 13.5% to get the pick. 
Ottawa's still at first with 18 and a half, but that goes to Colorado. So that goes to Colorado. Ottawa's getting no such luck God, this year. Ottawa's so stupid. Holy hell. Yeah. I can't wait to but talk least... about that in our pucks and brews <laughs> about how bad that is and how bad that team is. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to that end of the But week. at least they still have the main piece in that. So. Oh. Yeah. So they, yeah. They, they got him. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Shoot, what would they do without <laughs> Duchesne there? <laughs> That's so bad. Poor yeah. Senators fans. Um, okay, we got to talk about Ryan Getzloff, too. We got to get to the postgame stuff. He hit his 13th consecutive 30 assist season. Yeah. That's a um, pretty big deal. Yeah, I don't think that's it's a big most deal. among active players right now. That's that's ahead of the likes of Backstrom, Claude Giroux, um, you know, guys that are regularly up there in the uh, assist category. And that's that's through injuries, too. So, I mean, he still manages somehow to, to hit those 30 assists. This one... Uh, was a horrible Ducks team that couldn't do anything offensively and was stymied, and he still somehow, and through injury too, somehow is able to get up there and uh, keep that little streak going. So, good on him. He's been he's an elite passer, still is. So we got. He's always had that comparison. Everyone's like, oh yeah, you know Ryan Getzloff. He's his career is going to last long because he's a lot like Joe Thornton. And Joe Thornton's a really Big guy, he likes to pass and plays kind of a tough game back in his prime and yada, 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 right? So everyone calls Joe Thornton a pure Hall of Famer. This was a this was kind of like a topic of discussion last season and the season prior mostly when it was it two or three years ago now when the Ducks beat the Oilers and it was Getzloff that was carrying that team to the first and second rounds. They got shut down by P.K. Subban essentially against Nashville. That whole thing where the Ducks, you know, the, the comeback on Catella, all of that. Everyone was talking about, you know, he's a lot like Joe Thornton and he could be a Hall of Famer and all this stuff. Well, the dude is a Hall of Famer, okay? Mm. I, I, they need to put that to rest. I think a lot of people finally have started to see that Ryan Getzloff can still play at his quote-unquote advanced age. The bastard's two years younger than me. So, you want to call <laughs> that advanced, advanced age? <laughs> yeah, I'm at advanced age. Joe Thornton, I mean, the guy is 39 years old. He's almost 40. 1,555 games played, 411 goals, 1,058 assists for 1,469 points. Getze is a, a nice, basically six years younger than him because Getze's about to turn uh, 34. 978 games played, 259 goals, 657 assists, 916 points. He's damn close to a point-per-game player. Yeah. So it's me, and he's got the cup. He's got. Um, he's also. He also has the gold medals in the Olympics. He's been a dominant force. He's been a top ten center in this league for a long, long time. I don't see where there's any reason you can't have the same conversation about Ryan Getzloff. Would you disagree? No, not at all. I, I would definitely put him in there for a lot of the same reasons you have. And you got to think, you know, in in his prime, you know, and through most of his career, would you say he is, you know one of the best at his position uh, at center. And I would say, yes, he is, uh, especially from a power forward standpoint where you don't see too many centers that are power forwards in the league anymore. But um, he's always been there. He's been a longtime captain. He's got all the qualities. He'll hit over a thousand points, barring injury. Uh, he's got a cup, uh, no individual hardware, but the guy is constantly if healthy and played through a full season. You're looking at someone who's putting up 70 to 80 85 points a season um so that's that's what you, what you would want out of a hall of famer someone that does that for as long as he's done has a cup you know came earlier in his career but he's hitting over a thousand points that that alone already kind of gets you in the conversation yeah so brett i saw in, in your in the chat you asked if he even had over 30 assists in the nhl shortened season he did in fact the only time he hasn't hit 30 assists was his rookie year. Rookie year. Yeah, that's what I would think. Every season after, he's had above that. And Ooh. sometimes well above that. 58, 66, 50, 57, 46, 56, 50, 58. 50. He had 50 last season. Yeah. So there's no doubt in my mind, and this team next year, there's a, there's a high chance for him to climb right back up into that echelon of play because this team, for the love of God, can you not be completely injured like you have been the past <laughs> several years? And on the top of that, we have a new coach. It's probably going to be more offense-oriented here in Anaheim, you would think. So yep. it's going to really help out Ryan Getzloff's chances. But he's for sure a Hall of Famer. Anyone who thinks that that he's not just hasn't watched him play. If this, yeah. guy's, in, if this guy's in Toronto or – and I hate that argument. <laughs> I hate the argument yeah, because it's I used don't. for every player that's underrated, quote-unquote. Yeah. But it's true. If you're in a big market, market. Yeah. People, people know who you are. 
You're hiding yeah. out here at Anaheim. No one gives a shit about Anaheim. They're like, ah, whatever. No, hell no. I mean, I mean, it's tough for Eddie. If we have a home game at 7 o'clock and you're on the East Coast, that means that game starts at 10. I mean, think if it's a Tuesday, no one's going to stick around and watch it and be up to 1 a.m. before you have to go to work the next day. You're just going to miss those games. Even if you did watch that, you'd only catch pieces of it. So, uh, yeah, he's he's good enough in another market for sure. They'd been talking about how great he is. The only thing I could say is be an argument is, is he a first round, you know, first ballot. It remains mm. to be seen at this point. He, he might do the Korea path where it takes him a little while. But once again, uh, he has a cup. And that was kind of the sticking point with Korea. Not that he wasn't, you know, a dynamic player in the league and also put up a lot of points. But he's going to have better numbers than Korea as well. So I don't think it's like he'll be waiting for the sixth time around to get voted in. Kind of depends who's in the class as well. But, um, you know, it's just whether or not maybe he gets in the first time around or the second or you know, maybe the third time. So, I mean, he's had, he's had votes too, where he's been in talks for the hard trophy. He was actually voted several times over the last 13 years for the Messier award. No. Well, yeah, that too. Is that even a real leadership? Yeah. The leadership award. (laughs) Is that a real one? Is that the real one that we talk about? I don't know if that's really real, but yeah, no, Getzoff's definitely had chances at awards. He's been nominated for them, but Never gotten to the top three or top five. That's yeah. from what I've what I've seen. I haven't dug into those stats, but yeah, nothing matters. We got to yeah, talk I about. I would say Hall of Famer. Yeah. So we talking about him means we means we got to talk about his twin as yeah. as they've been called together. Yeah. Corey Perry putting up two goals tonight. Is this an aberration in his play, or do you think he's actually getting better? I wouldn't say he's making leaps and bounds better. I think he had a, a pretty good game, but was pretty fortunate with some bounces. That could have been Richie's goal, and he would have had nothing to do with it for the second one. Uh, the other one, uh, you know, is a, is a fluttering, bouncing puck that happens to hit him. He's doing the right things. Uh, he's not getting, you know, huge chances. I saw a couple of times in the game where he's kind of slow in the corner and basically just got dropped and just kind of sat there for a second. When I see little things like that, that makes me kind of concerned of, yeah, how, how's he doing, you know? that sort of deal but i've been pleasantly surprised but it's it's once again where if you're looking for Corey perry that's going to put up 30 or more goals that that ships past i just don't want him to be hurtful i want him to to be in there causing havoc you know if he can net 20 to 25 goals i'm ecstatic about that he's still got the hands sometimes but uh yeah i don't think that this is all of a sudden the floodgates are going to open and all of a sudden pucks are going to start going in a whole bunch hopefully i'm wrong yeah, we, hopefully you are, right? We, we yeah. want him to be as good as possible. Um, but, I mean, his time is coming to that same point as we talked about with other players. It just kind of hit that point in 30. And the first thing that goes away in an NHL player is their feet. Their hands kind of are the, like the very last thing to go. You can, if you have good hands, you can stay in this league for a long time. So Corey's just kind of got to change his game. Get to the open areas. Be a power play guy. And that's probably where he's going to make his money. He'll probably score 15, 20 goals if he's able to do that. Um Let's talk about Ryan Kessler. He's been the hot topic. We talked about him last night. Uh, I talked about him with Eddie the time before that. We talked about his thousandth game and how he hasn't played and all this stuff. We wonder if he's going to come back. And kind of got the news today. Uh, Bob Murray, he, he comes out and says, I don't know if we're going to see him again this year. So in speaking yeah. with the media today, he's just, I don't know if we're going to see him. His hip is really bothering him. Um, it's It's been tough on him. And he said he could really tell that he was pushing to hit that thousandth game, and he yeah. wasn't about to get in his way. He said, "I'm not going to get in front of that and let him miss yeah. that. He, he's got to hit it." I think he's done. He's played one thousand and one games. I wouldn't be surprised to see him try to come back. He's got a little over twenty mil on the table, as we yeah. said before. But I don't know, man. It's it's kind of over for him now. Yeah, I'm thinking it's that way. If he doesn't play the rest of this season and the off season doesn't do something dramatic with his hip, that is just. Uh, wrecked i mean he's he's limping along with it at this point then you know it's it's probably time to, to call it a career and the fact that he's trying to get to a thousand he's hit it and now he's just like it's too much and you know what's the the point this season there's you know not a, a whole lot so you know maybe he, he takes that time and, and reevaluates you know he's at that time of his career he's he's given it a good go uh, just to get to that thousand game mark. But I mean, we're talking about a guy who's missing half of the season, the last two seasons. And when he does plays, he's not putting up very much offense. He's relegated to the fourth or third line at this point. Um, I guess it, it comes down to him. And personally, if he wants to, you know, um, 
you know, it comes to a point where, especially with his kids that he's got going and playing hockey, do you want to be around more for that? Or is, you know, the grind of doing that, maybe he reevaluates things. Now he's hit that thousand game mark. That was kind of a milestone. Now, what else can he really contribute? And if he kind of reevaluates what he wants to do, you know, he could retire. They could throw him on long-term IR, um, which helps maybe give him a little bit of cap relief. Uh, and he doesn't have to necessarily walk away from the money or it could be a buyout candidate. But, I sadly think that that's probably the last time that we're going to see Kessler in a jersey unless something miraculous happens to that hip. Yeah, I mean, what he said is kind of more telling. When Ryan Kessler talked about his thousand games, he said it was a fun night, a fun day, just yeah. reminiscing all the years in the past. A cheerful Kessler said after his milestone game last week against Arizona, I said I wouldn't do it, but I ended up doing it. I've had a great first thousand games. I've had a, f- a lot of fun in this league. <laughs> I like that he says the first thousand games like anyone's going to get to 2000. <laughs> it's like, sorry, you're not Gordy Howe. You're, you're nowhere near that point. So, uh, you know, but I, I found that you know, funny as well. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he, I'm sure he does, he wants to play. It's just can the body do it? And sometimes this just happens. It's unfortunate, but it happens in his career where things just don't keep up. Not everyone can be the Yager of this uh, generation. Even he's not playing, so. Yeah, no, and and he even you know Murray comes out and says like I don't know if we're going to see him in a jersey this year. You know, we'll see what happens this summer if he's able to rehab it and come back. He said he was hurting pretty good, so that's that's definitely not a good thing for Ryan Kessler, obviously. Um, and you know the article goes on to say that you know Kessler has like I said twenty million dollars remaining six year deal. Could also play some long-term injury reserve, or he could be a buyout option. So it's kind of interesting to hear the mainstream media start talking about that. Buyout options always kind of like a thing you don't want to throw at a player, especially mm-hmm. a guy like him. And we've talked about that at nauseum on this podcast, whether he's a buyout or not, and this and that. I just wish him the best, man, and I hope that he's able to come back and, and play at a competitive level next season. But that you know honestly remains to, see, to be seen where his health's at. Yeah, for sure. It might, it might be the turning point next chapter in his life, but... Uh... Hey, at least uh, we got to see, you know, what could potentially be his last game ever. So, Yeah, that, that yeah, could be. It was against the Blues, yep. Yeah, it wasn't a great ending, but <laughs> at least we were there for it. <laughs> we left early, and that's the reason why they lost is what I was Yeah, told. yeah, we took all our good lucks, uh, charms off of the, out of the arena. It was all our fault. We should have stayed forever <laughs> and been there forever. It would have all been fine. Yes, sorry. No, let's, let's talk about this. <laughs> we got to get to the fan questions here. It's uh, from JR0934 on Instagram. Should we just move on from Getsy Perry and Kessler? <laughs> After yeah. tonight's game, that's harsh. That's yeah. harsh. <laughs> a little rough. Uh, you can't just necessarily move on from them given their contracts. Uh, there are no moves, so you can't put them in the minors. The only thing you could do is, uh, you know, healthy scratch them. Um, I feel Getzloff, there's no reason you would ever do that. He's he's too good. I mean, if you watch games where Getzloff's not in there, we're a completely different team. And that's through different lineups. Uh, or, sorry, different lines. I mean, it just it, he's infectious that way, um, and he makes the team better, even if he's not necessarily putting up a huge amount of goals. And he's got 30 assists through an injury plague that horribly coached first half of the season. So... Uh, you know him walking away from no like we, we just talked about Kessler uh, that's a buyout candidate um, it's going to be hard to want to put him in, in the way of some of the up and comers after this season uh, Perry I think still has usefulness like I said if if there's a more offensive style this is a guy who will be streaky because he is getting older those streaks will probably be longer in between goals so the droughts might be there but he's got potential to put in goals if you got someone you can put in who you can you can probably guess is going to put in 20 goals then that's someone you at least know where he is. And he can move up and down in the lineup as well um, and kind of help whatever line he's on. So I I don't think he's ready to quite move away from Perry. Definitely not getting – definitely not producing what he's getting paid for, but they're kind of handcuffed with this uh, contract uh, that they can't get out of for at least another two years. And and let's let's be serious here about Ryan Getzloff. He's getting another contract. He's definitely going to get paid again. Um, maybe not the eight nine million dollars, but he's definitely going to get paid again. And he's going to finish his career as a duck. That's just what's going to happen to Ryan Getzloff. I, I don't ever see that changing in this and this team at all. Yeah, I can't think of anybody else who's going to be our number one center other than uh, elite center number one Grant. 
Of course. Um, yeah, of course. Uh, so I don't see anyone overtaking that role. His faceoff ability is still good. His passing still good. He can still he's still got one of the hardest shots if he ever decides to use it. Um, and he, he's just a force. He's still a force, and you got to keep someone like that on there. If there's no one there to replace him or take in that vacuum, then it's a stupid point to move him just because oh he's he's not having a great season. I would agree with you on that for sure. Enrique in chat said, he said this a bit ago. It's what I said. Everyone leave a, leave a question in chat. We'll get to it. <laughs> Who do you guys think comes out of the West this year? That's a freaking toss up. Cause uh, I was, I was looking at Calgary and Calgary seemed to have their, their crap together. And then all of a sudden they've, they've kind of become a little inconsistent. I think their biggest problem is going to be in their goaltending. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of interested to see what happens with that. So Nashville's also had games where they've been good, games where they've been bad, and it's not quite the same. Um, I'm, you know, if I have an underdog, I would probably say Dallas if they get into the playoffs. Ooh, they, not saying they would come out, but they they would be my underdog. They have uh, both Kadobin and Ben Bishop are have great save percentage. They've really kind of changed things around. Uh, it took a little while to get there. The offense is kind of getting there. It's still kind of hit or miss with that offense. So they're they're kind of my dark horse. They make it in that they could maybe make some noise where they go. Um, other than that, I would say Winnipeg is Ooh. another good choice. For me, and San Jose all the way. Probably San Jose. Uh, so I was going to say San Jose. I don't think Vegas has the, the same charm they had last year, which we figured. They're still doing good. They're in a playoff spot. They'll be in the playoffs. But um, – it's tough for a new team to get in there, go as far as they did, and then kind of repeat that the very next season. And I think San Jose, we've said from the beginning, looked like the team that, that might be coming out of the the West, especially with Pavelski's come back. He's been putting up a, a whole bunch of goals, and he was, you know, kind of, you know, it was looking like they were going to start moving him out and bringing in Evander Kane to kind of replace him. So they've, they've got a lot of things going. They've overtaken the top spot in the Pacific Division. So I think with Winnipeg and Nashville kind of, bumping around st louis is another odd one in there uh but i think san jose is probably the one coming out me too san jose is the one they don't have eric carlson right now and they're Mm. still killing it they're in second place um i think in the western conference they have 95 or 94 points they're one point back in calgary who's got 95 Uh, the only thing that's suspect on that team is martin jones like my god that guy's uh, had a tough year uh see what he does in the playoffs but calgary's got a tough goal sitting situation too as you said and we've all seen um, we've all seen Pekarine being able to turn that on in the playoffs, at least for a bit. So there's always there's always a dangerous chance there. And Winnipeg's got solid goaltending as well. So we'll see what happens. But I still think it's San Jose. I think they got a really, really, really good chance this year of coming out and going to the cup final. Um, and then we got another question here. Brett says, how many more goals before Sprong gets benched again? <laughs> Dude's killing uh, it. It's killing it. I, I think uh, – yeah, I- I don't know how many more goals before he gets benched. I think if he scores zero goals, that will be probably a bench worthy the next day. I don't know. Like I said, I, I think they maybe want to, you know, work on some of the minor things if they can, but he's in a unique situation where they can't just drop him down the AHL and let him play big minutes there and, you know, work on his game. So they'd like to do that. Ideally, they're going to keep him up if he's scoring, but they, they might interchange other people because they may, they may want him down the AHL. They may want to see what he does after the offseason. So never sometimes sometimes it's good to just get a break from it, watch it from the press box and kind of see how the game's played. Sometimes that helps players. And uh, I mean, look, he was a healthy scratch and now look at where he's going. He's 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 flying out there still. He's he's finding players as well. So, you know, maybe that worked for him. So yeah, that's that's kind of what uh, I would have to say, too. I kind of feel like Sprong has been a force. I even said tonight that he was it's probably his best game. Yeah, He was fl- he, he works well with Getzloff, and that's, I guess, he reminds me a lot of Andre Kasha. It's the speed. I think it's the yeah. speed he's able to create in open space. We, we talked about this, and we touched on it a little bit yesterday. We said that, uh, or at least I said, that Kasha and Max Jones were very similar in that they're game breakers and they create their own chances. They do it on a combination of speed, but also just flat-out relentlessness on the puck. Sprong has that, I would say, just to a little bit lesser degree of Kasha, but he's got speed, he's got a really good shot, and he wants to shoot. He wants to get the puck. And he creates those chances for himself. And those are, are unique or what they say, dynamic players that you, you don't really want to let go unless their defensive liability is so huge 
that you maybe let them go or if, you know, it just doesn't work out um, and, uh, you know, the, the chances might be there, but he, he lacks the scoring touch. But he, he's got the scoring touch. He's got the tenacity and the speed to go along with it. So this is a guy I would want to keep on the Ducks, you know, to have three of them. I and mean, we've only used to having uh, Kasha as our only real game breaker. And I think these other two guys can be game breakers. Uh, and we'll have to really see what happens next season with him. I think that he's yeah. probably going to have a strong year next year, and Kosh is going to come back healthy. So, we'll, you know, see this full team come together and really make things happen. I feel like the younger guys are going to get a much better chance next season without Randy Carlisle keeping the young kids away. So, lots to look forward to next year. Baby steps, though. This is not going to be a playoff contender cup team next year. This is probably going to be a few years in the making. I think if you get in, you got a chance. I think the Ducks are a better team now than they were going into the playoffs last year. Like the way that they're playing now is something that I think would translate better in the playoffs than it did playing against San Jose last year. Yeah, they they probably should have fired Randy Carlisle into the sun after Game Three last year because that was a horrific. <laughs> was like an eight nothing loss, eight one loss. First to fire a coach mid playoffs. Mid playoffs, you're fired. <laughs> get out of here. You don't belong yeah. here. <laughs> Take a hike, bro. You're done. Um, yeah. So people in the chat are asking what happened to Jake Dotchin. Um, I know he got sent to the goals in January. He mm-hmm. Last game he played for the goals was mid-January. Hmm. He had a weight issue where he where they said he was out of shape or something like that with the Lightnings. Lightning released yeah. him. Ducks picked oh, him up. Yeah. He, came, he comes to Anaheim. He plays some games. Gets sent to the goals in January. And he hasn't really played. So mystery. Oh. I, and I was like, I don't know what happened to that guy. I can't figure out what's going on here um i, think like I have no idea or something you would think yeah. or maybe he's just they're not playing him he's just permanently scratched just for whatever reason but yeah i don't know that's a great question if anyone knows what's yeah. going on with jake dodge that'd be interesting to find out because we haven't heard of him or seen him even sniff the ice here in anaheim so no. who knows what's yeah, going I mean, on with i mean guy. you said that name and i'm like I don't know. Did, did I thought he was on the avalanche and he got injured. And I'm, I don't remember what happened to Dodge. Why, why are they asking about him? <laughs> I, I did not remember he was on the Ducks. Just uh, that's how little he's played and how little we've heard of him. So Bombay in Instagram says, is Corey Perry still good? Yeah, good is relative. Because <laughs> uh, he was good uh, when he was putting up 50 goals. Uh, he is not so good when he puts up less. But as age comes along, uh, his role is, is changed already. Is he good? In, it depends what your expectation is. And my expectation is if he hits 20, I'm, I'm happy for what he can produce. If he can go over that, I'm even happier. Um, I'm disappointed if he's under 15. Um, and then it's, you know, okay, now, now he's, he's holding up a spot that some younger kid could come in and put up 15 or more points and Corey Perry's blocking the way. But if you're going to get 20 goals or something similar to that, I would say, keep him in there. He's, he's still got an edge to his game. He can be annoying. Uh, he did that in the St. Louis to the Bennington goalie. And then he immediately gave up two goals and then a third one to start the third period. So he's still got the agitator portion to it. It's not all goals necessarily in his game. So, yes, because I expect maybe 20 goals out of him. Um, so I think, yes, he's still good enough to play. He's not the old Corey Perry, though. Yeah, right. Like you Never said, 15 be. goals I'd be happy with next year. 20 would be like, holy hell, that's outstanding. That's really yeah. difficult to do in this league, no matter who you are. Uh, we got one last question before we wrap the show tonight, my friend. And it comes on or not Instagram, on Facebook, and it comes from Anthony Madrano. And uh, he's my new favorite person on facebook because he says hampus Uh lindholm for the hall of fame absolutely it's already written in stone you can't take that away i think hampy's gonna go to the hall of fame for sure i will disagree i will disagree silence (laughs) silence um yeah he hasn't shown me a a whole lot i mean it's a small sample size when you talk going over the course of a career (laughs) you're taking it serious i love it (laughs) (laughs) but uh i mean that's wishful thinking uh put put a stanley cup underneath him and uh let him play until he's 40 and if he's still doing that and something 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 i'm something something maybe he scores like uh 25 goals somehow in one year and then uh he's either got to be shutting teams down or elite in in providing offense from defense or uh, a high level combination of both uh he's a good good defenseman but but no you know yeah yeah, but uh, he's he's not he's not dominating the nhl league uh even super defensively at this point so We'll see. Time will tell. 
Time will tell. I, I think uh, he's got a great chance, and I think that he's got a probably... bright future. That kid, that Hampus very has much, a very much so. future. You know what? I, good, I was, good old sweet. This boy. off season, I was going to get uh, his his name and number on the back of my new third jersey, but then I was like, I don't know, man. Max Jones is looking like it might have to be that one. He might have to be I'm the next guy. Max Jones. Yeah. As soon as he signs his next deal, <laughs> that might be the case. That's tough. For me. I don't want to get my stupid hopes up and put his yeah. number on the back and be like. Oh, tight. He got traded. That's awesome. Thanks, Bob. Middle of a retool. Get rid of one of our best young young players. Awesome. I don't think it's going to happen, but. Yeah, and, uh, you know, you and your luck, you probably buy it and that jinxes him, and then they has to trade him. <laughs> he stops <laughs> it's producing altogether. Like, it's like altogether. Signal for Bob Murray. It's like, uh-oh, Pat likes this guy. Get rid of him. Or, or bury him. <laughs> bury, <laughs> bury him. him. Don't let him play. <laughs> so Ricky's chirping me in chat. He goes, "What? No Twitter question." So I go to the Twitter question. His, his question is literally, "Where the hell was this team yesterday?" Come on, Ricky. Oh, come on. Man. <laughs> if you're gonna if you're gonna bust my balls, man, come on. This yeah, team was was definitely hanging out with Randy Carlisle last game. Okay, that's exactly where he was, and you knew that answer. Quite quite honestly, I felt that both games had a very similar feel to me. I didn't think they were particularly as bad in uh, Arizona as they were. In Colorado, I didn't think that they they completely outplayed Colorado in any respects. They were well outshot, outchanced by Colorado. I think uh, Gibby was more on point than Ryan Miller, and we got some of those bounces. A lot of bounces went our way in this game that did not go in against Kemper in the last game. So I don't think it. The team got all of a sudden better. They just the pucks just actually went in this time. Yeah, it, yeah, the pucks did go in, and, and Gibby kept them out. He did let in those three softies like uh, Good Boy Miller did last did. night. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's it. That's our show for the night. Uh, we got to give a shout-out to Patreon because that's where you guys are able to get four extra bonus shows, and that's where we put out more content. And we love you guys for doing that. Everyone who stuck with us all year, or if you're brand new, we love you guys just the same. All the all the support, all the appreciation is just as, as warranted, and we appreciate that from you guys. And even just the fans. If you can't afford to do that or you don't want to do that, the fact that you're listening to our show, we love you guys for that too. And it's time to talk about us uh, feeling that way because it's the end of the year. It's been a tough year. Yeah. You guys have hung tight with us all season through the good and the bad, mostly bad. And yeah. we're coming around to the end of the year. And we're going to celebrate that. Here's my nice little segue. At Craftsman nice. Pizza next Saturday doing our <laughs> last show, um, our last watch party, rather. Next Saturday, we're going to be Ducks vs. Kings. They have great food. They have great beer. I'm having a call with their general manager tomorrow to talk about a deal. I, I know, I know our, our listeners have heard this a million times, but if maybe you haven't heard, definitely going to try to work out a, a good deal there. They already have great deals. But um, you're going to be there off Imperial in La Palma. If anything changes on that, if they can't hook us up the, the, the correct way, we're going to have to do a real quick uh, pivot and probably head back <laughs> to Lamppost. I just want to make sure we have enough room for everybody. That's my biggest thing. If they could give us yeah. all the room, we're 100% in. But I'm going to confirm that tomorrow. And we'll you got to go to bat for us. Oh, hell yeah. No, the guy was stoked to have us. He's like, they've never had a party there. They've never had anyone do something like that there. So he was super excited to talk to me about it. So that's going to be fun. And yeah, uh, yeah. the hell out of him. And Ricky, I know I said last, last, uh, last show, but I meant last watch party. Prizes, food, fun, Ducks, Kings. It's going to be a good time. And then CoolHockey.com. You guys should go there to buy a jersey. As I just talked about getting Lindy's name on the back of my jersey or Jones, you should do the same thing. Use our promo code FM20 at checkout. Save yourself that nice, cool hockey 20% off. Save yourself yeah. tons of money there. That's pretty good when your jersey customizes, what, almost 300 bucks. Not a bad deal. This one, uh, yeah, I actually looked it up today because I was talking to somebody on uh, Facebook about it, recommending it. Uh, you can get the Ducks third jersey customized, uh, and it's 180 regular, and then you can do the 20% discount off of that using FM20. Uh, if you want something that's uh, the, the regular jerseys, I think those are 219 so, I mean, those those are, you know, with letters, the, the numbers, everything on there. But, I mean, if you're talking about the third jersey, customized with name and number, and it's 180, and then you take 20% off of that, kind of free shipping or whatever, that's a great price. And these are, uh, you know, authentic uh, jerseys. They look really good. We've seen them all uh, through some of our listeners at our watch parties. So, you know, and, oh, and at the end of, by the end of this month, sounds like we're doing a huge plug for them, but it's just something I noticed. And if I had the money, I'd be doing this. Uh, they are also doing a raffle. If you buy something um, online, uh, one of their jerseys, you're automatically entered in for a, another free jersey uh, that they're going to pull a winner at the end of the month. So you have a chance to win a second one if you want. 
Yeah, that's why not get things for free and try to get it for free. Yeah, if, if, it's, if you're already buying something, might as well. Might as well enter yeah, into you, that. Yeah. Not bad, right? Get the luck of the yeah. Irish this weekend. It's yeah. St. Paddy's Day weekend. It's yeah, my Saint weekend. Paddy's Day. Yes. Are you going to be happy where, this where Sunday? Where are you going to be? What are you going to do? Um, I'm going to be doing a post-game show, you bastard, without you. Uh, you're <laughs> ditching me this Sunday. So I have to. <clears throat> Family stuff, I think, not only is it St. Paddy's Day, but I think it's like birthdays and crap. Ah, whatever. Some, some March BS. Something's going on. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. I'm drinking. So it'll be me and a special guest on Sunday, and uh, we'll, on we'll talk to you guys about that. Hey, that's your fault for leaving me, baby. Uh, but we love you guys. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you guys soon, and that'll be on Sunday night. There'll be a post-game show about 30 minutes after, as always. We'll talk to you guys then. Have a great one. Bye, guys. Hey, Cricket customers. Max with ads is included with your Cricket $60 unlimited plan at no additional cost. Nice. Max is the streaming platform where you can watch Scoob, Meg 2 The Trench, The Nightmare on Elm Street Collection, and so much more. Remember me. Just log in with your Cricket username and password to experience Max on all your favorite devices. We've never seen this before. Max, the one to watch for a good scream with Cricket. Yeah. Phone plan streams and standard definition. Programming subject to change. Fees, terms, and restrictions apply. See CricketWireless.com for details.